0: Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. Have you ever looked back at photos from when you were younger and wondered to yourself, how did you ever get to this point and did you maybe let yourself go? And we might say to ourselves, yeah, but I'm busy now. You know, the kids come along, we're busy with work and so on. But does this letting ourselves go come at a cost or an impact on our well-being and specifically on our relationship. Today we're joined by Ben, Ben Kuma. He's a multi-award winning coach, speaker, the best-selling author of How to Live an Awesome Life and his unique 11-step system is what he talks about in that book. And day-to-day Ben's a, a coach who works with a handful of uh, High-level clients, and is also the founder and CEO of Awesome Supplements, which is a multi-award-winning supplement company. So, welcome to the show, Ben.
1: Matt, pumped to be here. Thank you. Excited. Excited to be uh, getting into this
0: this topic, which is so relevant. And this is going to resonate, I'm sure, with so many of our listeners. Um. So, first of all, we're, we're focusing today on like looking after ourselves. You know, keeping ourselves in a good place. And um, I just want to ask you, Ben what goes wrong? What tends to happen? What would be the signs that we may be not giving enough attention to this
1: area? So I think first off, it's kind of that inner knowing of I'm just not operating at the level that I know that I can operate at. On a practical day-to-day level, that probably looks like a lack of energy, lack of motivation, frustration. You don't handle stress very well because you're not in a very good place. And when you try and get into the specifics of this conversation, it always comes back to this like big circle that feeds itself. Like you can't talk about these things in isolation. You have to kind of zoom out and go, well, we have to look at the bigger picture here. We have to look at sleep. We have to look at nutrition. We have to look at stress management. We have to look at work because it all feeds each other. You can't just say, oh, I'm tired. What should I do? It's like, well, there's many reasons you could be tired there's also many reasons or sorry many types of tiredness like there's you know tiredness from being on digital things all the time there's tiredness because you're not getting enough sleep there's emotional tiredness because there's something happening big in your life at the moment or people at work are really stressing you out so getting under the skin of this stuff and taking a broad view but then actionable view i think is really important
0: yeah, thanks for that, Ben. So you're saying that there are like lots of moving parts here, lots of things that can affect, you know, our state of well-being and our energy and our state really day to day. And then so and that could manifest in a number of different ways. So give us some flavours of like where we're maybe struggling here and we haven't been paying enough attention. How might that show
1: itself up in our life and the things that might be happening? Sure. I think a really easy, quick one that most people will resonate with is sleep. And it's like the foundation of looking after yourself. But, you know, think something really simple, like you get into a Netflix series and you start to stay up a little bit late and, you know, you're enjoying it, but then sleep is now long, now six hours rather than seven and a half hours. And then you get up, you're a bit more groggy, you're a bit shorter, you start to rely on a bit more coffee. Maybe you are then not organized with your food. Um, You then shop out of an M&S Tesco Express or whatever at lunchtime you pick something not ideal because you're tired you're hungry and then come the afternoon you're still tired and you you know hands in the biscuit jar and then you get home and then it comes to that kind of relationship time after work where you're maybe cooking you're experiencing being with you know your loved one or loved ones and then you're kind of short with them you're not as present you're not as alive you're not as fun you're not as enjoyable to be around and then your partner's like well hang on a second like wait, you know where's where's the fun version of you where's the energized version of you and actually that all just came from you not prioritizing your sleep and putting those boundaries in place and then all of those other things those dominoes knock down and then you get into this cycle and then well oh, three four months later you look at yourself and you're like oh my god put on half a stone i don't feel great like where do i start and people quite often start in the wrong place they don't start with some of the behaviors that initiated all of these things and that's why quite often as a coach i start with sleep because it's like if you can get a good night's sleep your motivation changes your desire to eat better foods changes your energy changes like so much changes so you have to start the, the kind of big stuff always
0: Yeah that's such a great point isn't it and you can see how like if let's say I haven't had a great night's sleep because of something you know some stress or I've just been busy or had a late night out with my friends it's so easy that we you know as we're trying to get through the day we reach for a sort of quick fix don't we which could be like a coffee or as you say the biscuits and it kind of works maybe short term gives us a bit of a boost but then as you say by the end of the day or at some point it's
1: leading to some other kind of breakdown and then it just perpetuates this cycle, doesn't it? Is that, is that mm. a to say, Ben? Yeah, definitely. And within all of that, we all need a plan. We all need a plan that works for us, that keeps us kind of in the lane that we want to be going down. And we all have character traits and susceptibilities. And we need to know that so we can create the right kind of plan around it. A good example is exercise. Some people are very motivated to put on their trainers after work and go for a 30-minute jog. come home, shower, cook dinner. And there's a lot of people that aren't motivated to do that. They need the external accountability of like a gym class or a gym buddy or, you know, whatever, a community group that drives them on. Maybe they play a team sport. So knowing that is good because you can then create a plan. It's not a negative thing. It's not a negative that I am motivated to go to the gym on my own and someone else isn't. It just is. Now, what are we going to do about it? And that's the most important thing: knowing self, so you can create the right plan to keep yourself in your best self.
0: Makes sense, I, I love that. Yeah, having a plan that works for you and may look quite different from the next person's plan, but ultimately, if it works for you, then that's doing doing the job, isn't it? And um, I wanted to ask about because obviously, we're having a conversation, man to man. Do you think there are any particular challenges that we men have around this area, or the things that can get us get us? Blocked or prevent things from working the way we need them to?
1: Definitely. I think a good handful of these stem from like cultural and societal factors as well, like what generations did before us, what our dad did, our granddad did, and how work feeds into it. The thing that comes front of mind is what happens when we get a little bit stressed and then how it starts to compound. And I think a big component of that culturally over the years probably a bit so less now but i think if you're kind of 35 plus it's still like a thing and that's alcohol as a de-stressing agent but alcohol is incredibly disruptive to sleep and overall well-being over a certain amount like don't get me wrong if you're just having like a small to medium glass of wine with your dinner it's probably not disrupting much it's probably not a crutch it's probably a very pleasurable and enjoyable part of your life that's healthy. But as soon as you come home from work and you're like, right, I'm stressed, Uh, I need a drink, and then one drink turns to two drinks, and then it's like, you know, this is my thing to de-stress, you're now impacting your relationship because you will change in behaviour, you will then change your sleep patterns, and then everything else kind of tumbles down after it. So I definitely see alcohol as a big stress crutch in men, and it's wholly a negative thing if it starts to move beyond pleasure and interest at a kind of low level so that's kind of the first thing i don't know if there's anything that you want to maybe want to mention from you know personal experience or you know coaching you know a lot of a lot of men
0: of course so thanks for the the question i just wanted to before i I say um, i completely agree on alcohol and you know we you know it's so embedded in our culture you know and you know that's just the the way things are but then the question is whether to what extent we buy into that and go along with that because you know maybe alcohol really works for us or maybe it's a disaster but either way we've got a choice around this don't we and you know sometimes by standing back and thinking and uh, i had a podcast guest recently talking about sleep and he talked about alcohol actually and how it impacts on sleep and he was saying that there's actually nothing really worse you can do for your sleep than drink you know in the evening um so yeah i completely agree that if that foundation then is wobbly it's gonna then lead to other things like maybe eating the wrong foods or you know, reactions that we may not be, you know, particularly happy with. Yeah, I I think also, um, you know, lots of men in this sort of middle stage of life, you know, we tend to be quite busy, you know, that there are lots of demands on us, aren't there? You know, for for many of us, as men, at this sort of stage of our life, in this, what uh, one of my previous guests called the messy middle, you know, of our life, where, you know, we're probably at a stage in our career, and we've probably got family and financial responsibilities. And, you know, it can just get quite... You know, demanding so I just think part of this is about making this a priority and part of that is understanding the impact of it which is great that we're having this conversation to help us reflect on the impacts of when we get this stuff wrong Um, Mm. so yeah great to great to hear that Um, also um, we're going to come on in a moment I know we've got three insights that we're going to talk about three areas we're going to share before we do that though I'd love to hear Ben a bit about your own Story and how you got to be so passionate and into this whole area.
1: So, at the age of eighteen, I was obese, had loads of health challenges, IBS, ADHD, eczema, asthma, and uh, I kind of looked at myself as a young man. And two things were happening in my life at the moment: a, I was young and chasing girls, and what I get, wanted to get laid, and couldn't get laid. And secondly, I was trying to progress in my career and I wasn't being successful. And at the time, I was trying to be a stage actor and I was doing auditions for stage parts and drama school and stuff. And um, I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was like, perhaps it's me. I'm five and a half stone over a healthy weight. I'm not in a good place. I'm not energized. I needed an inhaler to breathe properly. So, long story short, I went on a health journey. It was challenging, I didn't get a lot of success hit kind of a bit of a roadblock and a decision and a fork in the road and kind of had the reflection of I need better information I need better tools to get me to the place I want to be so I joined a different gym happened to fall in the hands of a great trainer he put me on like a bit of a plan it was a good plan um, I was motivated so I executed on the plan and I lost uh, about five five and a half stone in six months so the you know and that That's really fast fat loss. That's really good. And just that rapid transformation kind of woke me up to a the potential um within ourselves when we really apply the right kind of plan. And secondly, losing weight changed everything for me. It improved my self-confidence, my self-worth. I started to really see what I was capable of. That success that I'd started to have with my body in the gym, getting stronger. It then like fed my career success Um, and then lo and behold I started to get laid because I was physically more attractive I was also more confident in myself so I was going out and you know having these conversations as a young man with you know women and stuff Um, and then I got to sort of the age of 20 and I was like do you know what? I think I could enjoy helping other people with this Um, and that was 17 years ago so I've been a coach for 17 years and kind of an entrepreneur the same amount of time because I'm, I'm kind of unemployable. So I've always sort of had my own business, been a coach, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Ben. And I'm sure that resonates with so many listeners, you know, where, you know, what I can really hear is your, you know, your, your lived experience of, you know, getting from this difficult place and then finding yourself in a much better place and just how your life feels different, you know, when you get to that point. Um, including your relationships, which at that time you were in a certain relationship place, you were more kind of out and about doing your thing, and then obviously for many of our listeners, they're in more sort of longer term relationships. But would you say that that sort of positive self image, self confidence, how do you think that
1: transforms our relationships when we've got that? Firstly, I think it's sexy when you meet someone that's got a high level of self confidence and self worth. they They have this awe about them, this energy, and it then also doesn't become as much about physical attractiveness and kind of, you know, we'll say body composition because they they have something more that you're drawn to. They seem like a complete person. And when you look at a relationship, if we are not the best version of ourselves, if we do not know ourselves, we become almost harder to love because the bits that we're loving are not in alignment with true self. And this is where marriages, you know, and I'm no expert here, but from what I've seen, this is where relationships, marriages can break down because someone goes on a journey of like self actualization. They start to become the more truer version of themselves and the other person doesn't come on that journey with them. And it's like, you've changed. And it's like, but they engaged in a relationship when they weren't the true version. And then they start to become the true version. It's like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like you, you're you not the guy girl that, you know, I kind of once knew. So I think, you know, I don't want to talk about like body composition and, and kind of attractiveness from that kind of perspective, but when you become confident, you feel like you're the best version of themselves, then people see that it's sexy. It's attractive. You, you know, you walk into a room and that person that owns themselves, is sexy they're a magnet they have confidence they have um they they usually got the power in you know in the relationship circles because they're the people that naturally become more leadership type figures because they know themselves which which brings people towards them um and i think that's the mission we all need to go on we need to lead our own lives we need to be in control and it starts by looking inwards
0: Sounds great, Ben. I completely, yeah, see where you're you're at there. And I love your passion for this. And this brings us neatly on to our three insights because, you know, we could just share these insights. But what I love about what you've just said so far, it's like really helping our listeners really understand why this is important. So with that having landed, let's get on to our three insights, our three areas of focus that we want to share today, yeah, Ben, please.
1: Yeah, so... Coming back to like the plan, if you were to sit down, you as the listener, and write down a plan for what good well-being looks like for you, which would start to put you in your best place, it's probably not a very complicated plan. And health and fitness and wellness isn't complicated. It's a pretty simple recipe. And I think most people overcomplicate it because they're looking at the specifics they're looking at the trees rather than the wood to coin a different analogy so most of us need to get a good amount of sleep we agree on that seven to eight hours of sleep a night needs to be good quality Um, we need to eat good whole foods as much as possible that's not me as a nutritionist saying don't eat bad foods it's like don't eat crappy processed foods that often like try and focus most of your diet on whole foods we all need to move day to day. So, you know, get out, move, use your legs, walk, you know, 10,000, 15,000 steps. Um, you know, uh, that might include, you know, more strenuous physical, physical activities. Well, and I highly recommend that. Like if you want to talk about longevity in every, in, in any way, we need to be doing relatively intense activity several times a week because from a longevity perspective, it's the number one thing that will help you age well. And all the longevity experts agree with that. You you know, we can argue about random supplements like collagen. It's like exercise. And then there's kind of the thing that makes you feel spiritually and energetically whole. So if we look across our day, we all want to be doing work that inspires us or we enjoy. So your job, you need to enjoy your job because otherwise you come home and you're pissed off all the time. And then outside of work, you need to be socially engaged. You need to be spiritually engaged. And I know that word almost like, like scare some men in a way, but we all need to under It's just about understanding ourselves. Like what, what do we enjoy? What is pure to us and making sure we get that in our, our week, whether it's once a week, twice a week, whatever. I think that obviously needs to be looked at in a wider context for all the things that's happening in our life. Um, and then we need to make sure we're having fun with it all. Like, if we're not having fun in lives, like, what's the point? Like, it's so easy to get to middle age and like, do you know what, life's a bit serious. Like, it really is, like, work, like, you know, it feels like I'm just going around this hamster wheel, and it's like, your, your gauge has to be fun. Like, in all of our lives, there should be lots of fun, lots of love, lots of laughter, lots of meaning. And if there's not, we have to use that as a guide. So for me, it's to go away and write down a really simple recipe for what people think is good well-being for them, and really simple sleep, food, hydration, and then those bits in between. Fantastic! I love it. Nice and simple, as you say. the
0: The recipe is not that complicated, but then again, there are lots of people that know the recipe that are not doing those things. So it's such a useful reminder and. You know refocusing on this stuff and realizing how, again how important it is um
1: but people have to take ownership all... of that right because it's it's very easy for the listener at this point to be going oh but this but that it's easy for you is it it's like let's cut all of the excuses what would it look like if you cut all of the excuses and changed all of the stories going around in our in your head because as soon as you start to say oh but work oh but this the that shouldn't be the the framing the framing should be but how? How can I do this? It might be hard. I'm not, I'm not standing here saying some of this stuff is easy, but we have to have an opportunistic mindset and say, how do I do this? How do I work with my partner to execute this? And uh, I can imagine some people are going to struggle with the action part of this plan because maybe they don't have a good enough and open enough dialogue with their partner and some of their loved ones to, to bring around a new plan. It's like if you're going to start to eat better you have to involve your partner and your kids with that. You can't just work in isolation. So you need to be able to have good dialogue where you sit down with your partner and go, do you know what? I'd like to feel better. I'd like to look better. I'd like to lose a bit of weight. Can we start to change a few of the family meals? What do you think we should do? What can we change together? How can we enjoy it more? How about I cook twice a week? Because maybe your partner does a lot of the cooking and, you know, they're not involved as much. So, I think that's where the friction sometimes comes because people feel they don't have that that control to change that part because they don't currently have good enough conversations with the people that are involved in that. Because as you say, once we get to midlife, it's not just about us, it's about all the other people that are in and around our lives.
0: That's right. And just in terms of like couples supporting each other on this, what do you think, uh, you know, how do you think couples can support each other? If this is something that's important, what are the kind of things that we could say, you know, in our relationship? Look, we both recognize we may be eating a bit too much of the wrong kind of food. Or whatever the element may be, they're looking at sleep, for example, you know, going to bedtime. What kind of opportunities would you say we have, you know, with our relationships to support each other in the, around this stuff?
1: Firstly, I'd probably try and understand what how each other wants to eat to provide for different areas of their lifestyle. So I think quite often in a relationship, and rightly so, because food should be enjoy enjoyable, we say, Oh, what do we want to eat this week from like an enjoyment perspective? It's like, well, yeah, Friday night we we'll get a takeaway and we're like we focus on all, all the enjoyable stuff and then the other stuff is just like filled in. And it's like, well, actually, we need to focus on it from a health perspective. So if we're going to be healthy together, what foods do we both enjoy that are healthy? And then we can start to work together and construct how our healthy eating can work together, also work in separation, because likelihood is I'm going to go to work and eat my own lunch and my wife is going to go to work and eat her own lunch so we don't have to think about it in that way but we have to come together and understand what healthy eating looks like as a as a couple and also agree where and when we maybe want to break the rules a little bit because we all know I found it when I hit middle age even more so and there's kids involved that you know you are out quite a lot Eating around different people's houses, you're having little play dates with kids, you're you know, off out with other couple friends, and actually it's really easy to eat out two or three nights a week, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's become two courses, two drinks, and you're like, we've eaten, we've overeating a lot. So actually talking about where you want to be in terms of that social involvement with food. Um, me and my wife recently just went away for a couple of days, and on the fourth night, we were like, we don't actually want to eat in a pub like for us we felt like we'd had too much rich food and we were just like Mm -hmm. let's just go out and get something really simple we'll go out for a walk um and that was us communicating on both what we both wanted rather than just assuming um so i think that's really important and then you have to work together to implement that plan so you have to do the food order together you have to construct the kind of meal plan for the week, which we do because we've got kids, so we're quite organized with our food. I think you have to be if you want to eat well as a family. Um and then that way there's teamwork, but it's also enjoyable. Fantastic. it Makes a lot of sense. And you know we can get ourselves into
0: a good place and strengthen the relationship in the process, right? So what's what's not to like about that. Mm-hmm. And then amazing. Well thanks a lot for sharing Ben. It's been really interesting conversation this morning. Um, what um, What's the best way for people to keep in touch with you to find out more about what you do?
1: So firstly, if they wanna have a look at the book, the book looks at strategies around how you can be your best self. So the first half of the book kind of breaks down like your past and your behavior and gets you to look at mapping your future. And then the 11 steps in the book is how to eat better, how to move better, how to think better how to hydrate better and kind of like looks at like a life plan um, that's on Amazon. It's called how to live an awesome life. It's also an audible. Um, otherwise you can find me on social media as Ben Coomber. And if anyone ever wants to look at supplements, then come and have a look at our supplement company, awesome supplements.
0: Give us just a few words on that, on the supplements, Ben, and how, how they can be a useful part of the mix in terms of a,
1: a great uh, well-being. For me, baseline health is is really important. We know that a lot of people are deficient in some key nutrients like vitamin D, magnesium, zinc. If you're on a specific diet like you're vegan, vegetarian, then there's other common deficiencies like some of the B vitamins um, and iron. So taking like a really high quality multivitamin, and I know that's a point of contention in the world of nutrition. I think is is quite powerful. Um, and then if you've got things like Joint pain issues with uh, inflammation and things like curcumin can be really benef- beneficial. And we know that omega three is something that a lot of people don't eat enough of because not enough people eat omega um, oily fish. So I think baseline health is, is a good part of a well being plan. And depending on your diet, would depend on whether you would supplement uh, with something like a good multivitamin and omega three, for example.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah thanks again for your time and we'll include the link to the book as well and your website so people can check out your supplements your book and your social media as well uh ben so uh so yeah just another big thanks from me and um, give us a final uh call to action or final things for our listeners to consider for today
1: work out a plan your own plan take ownership of your plan don't take like your own shit to be honest like think about really owning what it is that you want and then go and communicate it clearly with your loved ones and I can imagine you know you wanting to be healthy can be something that your partner wants your family wants your kids want and ultimately what we're doing now is we're saying where do we want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time if you want to age well if you want to feel great you know if you want your relationship to be strong healthy it comes from you being and that's going to take a good wellness plan so go away and have confidence with creating your own wellness plan i think every relationship will thrive as a result of it okay that's all for today thanks again for
0: joining us and please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review
1: Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message?
0: Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life.
1: See you on the next episode.